When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Handcuff Day, Tony. You ever been put in handcuffs? I'm Tony Kornheiser, just once. But I was paying for it. Ugh, so. ugh, ugh. How can it actually be National Handcuff Day? There's no I, right, such right, right. Who chance. can come up with that? There's no chance. Marketing no, people, National you tried to defend Stop. these people when I attacked them. That's some marketing executive who came up with this. National handcuffing. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Rick Pitino vents, the Nets fire Jacques Vaughn, and Mike Trout wonders about the Angels. But we begin today with a continued discussion about what to do with the NBA All-Star game that has become a disaster. No defense was played. Players were jacking up shots from way beyond downtown. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver who made it a league priority to make the game more competitive, was visibly disappointed. Wilbon, what do you think the NBA should do with the All-Star game? You know, Tony, I get to the point where they say the opposite of love is hate. No, it's really apathy. I don't care what they do. Why should I care more than they care about their event? Supposed to be a marquee event. And by the way, Adam Silver can be annoyed if he wants. He needs to be annoyed with himself. He's the commissioner. He could have done something about it. Don't tell me I made it a priority. If you make it a priority, change the format. Michael Malone, a year ago, called the All-Star game the worst game he's ever seen. That was last year. It's been trending this way for 10 to 15 years. They just stand around and have a combination three-point shooting dunk contest. Adam Silver is a smart, savvy, observant man. He knows this is going the wrong way. How long have I been screaming? And I've had this conversation with Adam privately and publicly. Put something together people might care about. The public and your players. Put the world out there against a team of U.S. players. Let's see some, get some, get some excitement going. No, Tony, they don't care about the product. So why should I give a damn about their product? I'm glad I went to see Adele over the weekend. I was nowhere near Indianapolis because I knew I would be wasting my time to watch that, oh, let me quote Anthony Irwin Kornheiser, hot garbage, because that's what it was. Yes, this is, exa- well, not just hot garbage, because Tiger's new line is Sunday Red, and that game was red hot garbage. Red good. It was an unwatchable game, which is why I stopped at the beginning of the second quarter watching that game. I, you know, I want to congratulate the NBA for drawing even with the NFL on this one particular issue. Their all-star game is as bad as the Pro Bowl. What should you do with it? You should dump it the way the NFL dumped the Pro Bowl. And it's because of this, Mike. The players have no respect for this game. They have respect for being named all-stars, but they don't care about this game. They don't want to play in this game. They don't want to play hard in this game. They don't care at all. I, I, I sort of get this. When you get out of the All-Star break, you've got a 30-game sprint into the playoffs. If you get hurt in this game and you can't help your team, you're killing your team. So I, I understand that. 
But at this point, it's what Doc said about the Bucks, the last game they played. They're all in Cabo, Mike. It's an all-star break. They're on vacation mentally and physically, and they don't want to play this game. Some people will say, throw some money at them. Make it a million dollars for the team that wins. They the in-season tournament. They prioritize Mike, yeah, that. That's exactly right. They that's prioritize what I'm that. That's what Adam that Silver prioritized. When you do this, if you have to bribe your players to play in the All-Star game like you do in the in-season tournament, you have nothing. They don't respect they don't. the game or well, want they, to play I mean, in just, it. You know, no. It's not even worth turning on. It isn't. I mean, the highlight of the weekend easily was, 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 was Steph, um, and, and I'm drawing a blank on her name now. Sabrina Ionescu. And, and, and Ionescu having their three-point shootout. That was great. It was inspired. They wanted to do it, each one of them. And they, they knew it, and they told you that going in, and they lived up to it. Good for them. But the rest of it? Come on. Let's move to Rick Pitino's deep dissatisfaction with his St. John's basketball team. The Red Storm blew a 19-point lead against Seton Hall on Sunday, and after the game, Pitino called out individual players for their struggles. He described the whole team as non-athletic took a shot at the facilities and said, coaching this team has been the most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. On Monday, he told Newsday he wasn't ripping anybody and quote, I'm fine with what I said. How, Tony, do his words sound to you? So I, I saw the clip the other day and I have to tell you, I was stunned. I mean, he said his team was no good. He said they weren't tough. They weren't athletes. They had no particular skills. He named names when he did this. I mean, you, you just recoil and you go, why is he doing this? Mike, these are his recruits. He brought in 11 players. They're on his watch. They're not somebody else's players. Um, I, I got this great text from somebody who said, Tell Patino Louis Carnesecca is not walking through that door. <laughs> I mean, this is his first year at St. John's. That's a good line. I'll bet there are a lot of people who hope it's his last year at St. John's. I don't, I can't defend this in any way. I know he tried to walk it back, and I think yeah. he said something like, I wasn't ripping anybody. I had an even tone, a monotone. monotone. He made it sound like a teaching moment. But, Mike, I, I you know, if I'm a player for him, I'm going on the internet to find the phone number of the transfer portal. There's going to be all new players there next year. I hope Patino well, likes it. Well, but, you know, that's probably what he wants, which would be a bad thing, too. Tony, you can't do that now. This is not the 1970s with Bob Knight. Because everything Bob Knight did then, he couldn't do any one of those things now. And Patino went on this rant which you can't have. I mean, you again, you know, I talked about Adam Silver and being accountable at the top of the pyramid. Patino, this is your program. Rick Patino's been a great, great, great coach for a long time. And, Tony, you know what this reminded me of? And, and there's nothing physical involved. There isn't. But this seemed like a lead-up to a Woody Hayes moment where a great, great coach goes out because he went too far and because somebody wasn't yeah. there to pull him back and say, hold on, yes. Sparky, you can't do this. Yeah. I mean, you, you, no, you, you no. can't. You, you would, you, you would tone you that down even in your film session this day and age. And so for Patino to do this Mike, publicly, man, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. 
You like Patino and I like Lo Patino. Yes. I cannot defend this. Nope. I cannot defend nope. it on any level. I really can't. We turn now to Mike Trout's conversation with the media yesterday. Trout said he has no intention of asking the Angels to trade him. Trout said that would be the easy way out. He allowed that he might do that in the future, but not now. Wilbon, what do you hear in what Trout said? Uh, Tony, resentment, uh, disappointment, those two things overwhelmingly. Resentment that, you know, Otani has gone and now signed for the largest sum of money anybody can even imagine. And he's just going to be, you know, 60 miles up the road playing for the Dodgers, who always overshadow the Angels. And... Yeah. And, and so there's that. And then there's a disappointment that it, now he's going to he's turning 33 years old. If he's not 33 already. And Tony, I didn't even know he hasn't been in the playoffs since he was 23 years old. So he's had these great individual seasons, which have added up to nothing. I mean, if he was an NBA player, he would just would have forced his way out by tweeting something. And he would have forced his way to a new team, which is more difficult. You can do that to a degree in baseball. We've seen guys do that in baseball as well. But, man, if you're Trout and you see what Otani did, he, he just said, I, enough, enough. I don't want to be there with you. And that's what he's hearing, even if it wasn't personal. And I sort of hear it with him. Yeah, what I hear is I'm not going to ask for a trade, but if you want to trade me, I'm good with that. I hear Public Relations 101 by Mike Trout. I'm tough. I'm here. I signed. I'm not going anywhere. But nobody really believes that. He's the, he can't be happy there. Otani just bailed out. And how about this quote from Anthony Rendon? you got to hear this. It's a direct quote. Um, baseball has never been a top priority for me. Yeah, it's yeah. a job. I do it to make a living. So you can really depend on him, right? Yeah. Listen, Mike, I think the right thing for the Angels to do right now, right now, is trade Mike Trout. It would be good for Mike Trout. It would be good for baseball. And if the Angels get three or four prospects that make the big leagues, Ooh. it would be good for the Angels at this Maybe. point, because, Mike, within a year, Trout, Trout is going to go and say, trade me. And I say that because he never said, I don't want to be traded. He right. did not categorically say that. What he called he it said, easy I'm not going to ask out. for it. When he said There's easy way out, he tagged it. It's a difference. But, he, but, he, but he, a difference. he put himself in a situation, in a position tone to sort of, you know, say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm tougher than that. I can take the tougher road. He did. I mean, he, he laid it out they there. They tried. They tried at the trade deadline. They tried when they brought in Joe Madden. Yeah. They tried spending money on Rendon. They tried with Otani. They give Trout a gazillion dollars. Trade him now. Yeah. Trade him now. Let's take a break. Coming up, how much credit does Ohio State's interim coach deserve for the team's upset of number two, Purdue? And was it too soon for the Nets to fire Jacques Vaughn? I had a senior moment with Sabrina Ionescu's name. And senior That's okay. she's Don't got shoes. It. Proud of my son Matthew. He didn't go for the LeBron shoes. He went and got Unescu's shoes. Her Nike shoe, made for really? boys and girls. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Time to find out what's rankling the riffraff. I will Man. get the first one, and I go Mail to my time. glasses. It's you. Ohio State beat number two Purdue on Sunday in the debut for interim coach Jake Diebler. Does this say more, Mike, about Ohio State or Purdue? Tony, indirectly, uh, it says a lot about both of them. And I, I've watched this game with great interest. Um, it says a lot about the Big Ten. I know that people think the Big 12 seems to, you know, come out in discussion as the best basketball conference right now this season. And I'm not against that. I've watched a lot of Big 12, some Big 12 games. But the Big 10, you, you got road games are just hard to win. I've seen Purdue in person. I think Purdue is a worthy number one seed. They're not overall number one. UConn could be that. But it speaks to the quality of the Big Ten. And Ohio State is struggling. They needed to win that game to have any hopes of building a case for an at-large bid by winning a few. Says a lot about the conference. Yeah, I'm going to say that it says more about Purdue than Ohio State. Ohio State might very well be helped by a new voice calling the play. Yeah. Certainly was probably helped by being at home. Sometimes change is good. But there is a pattern out here for Purdue, and it's not just this year. It's this Purdue team over a while. They have three losses this year. Each one is on the road in the Big Ten to an unranked team. And you know why? You do know why. You will agree with this. Big Ten teams are not afraid of Purdue and Zach Eady. They've seen them for four years. They're not afraid of them. There's a bunch of Big Ten teams that have beaten them. And Purdue is not a great team. They lost last year in the first round of the NCAAs to Fairleigh Dickinson. So I think it says more about Tom, Purdue. Look at who they beat, though. Look at who Purdue, Purdue has beaten. Arizona, Tennessee. No, they have great you know, They've beaten three top Mike, five teams. The Big Ten is not afraid of no, Purdue. true. Not afraid. True. They've true. seen them. Was it too soon for the Brooklyn Nets to fire Jacques Vaughn? Tony, I, you know, when you, when you get dusted by 50... It's hard for me to make the case that it's too soon. I think Jacques Vaughn can be a worthy coach. I do. I think he's been in an impossible situation since he came in, you know, succeeding Steve Nash, who's in an impossible situation. Because management goofed that up. Because management thought you could slap together a team that included Kyrie Irving saying, we don't need a coach. We don't need one. Because Kyrie Irving is uncoachable. He didn't want to coach. He has practices where he leaves the practice or, or convenes a practice and gets young players and says, no, let's run my plays, not the plays for the coach. That's what Jacques Vaughn walked into. So in a way, I feel bad for Jacques Vaughn. You can make the case you can find, okay, but I feel, t- I feel bad for him. Yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to agree on this. Um, Jacques Vaughn 
walks into a situation where he has no squad. Yeah, he lost by 50, and that's terrible. And yeah, they're in 11th place, and they've lost, what are they? They're 6 and 18 in the last 24. So you can make a case to fire him if you want. He may be a bad coach. But upper management destroyed this team. Yes. Wes Unsell Jr. got fired in Washington. He has no squad. You're going to fire Chauncey Billups? He has no squad. Upper management on this team got rid of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Who'd they bring in? Ben Simmons, who never plays? No. They There's no they did. squad there. So if yeah. you find Vaughn lacking, you need to find the GM and the owner more lacking. And Tony, more not lacking. just no squad, dysfunctional squad. It was yeah. dysfunction everywhere. They want to blame Jacques Vaughn. Come on. Still to come, a Patriots standout calls it a career. And could number one UConn go down tonight? Sounds like a college There are ball five or six teams in the NBA that have no squads. Right. What, what, I think, firing the yeah, coach. Yeah. Like, he may be a terrible coach, yeah. but you can't tell with this team. No. It's not, you can't tell. No, you can't. Fire the owner. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy time, people. Happy 41st birthday, Justin Verlander. The Astros ace is reportedly dealing with a shoulder issue that could jeopardize his status for opening day. Verlander went back to Houston at the trade deadline last season after the Mets bailed out on him and Max Scherzer. Verlander's combined stats last year were pretty good. 13 and eight, 322 ERA, 27 starts, 162 innings. Scherzer got the last laugh when Texas won the World Series, and they can talk about it when they meet up in Cooperstown. (laughs) Verlander has three Cy Youngs, three no-hitters, an American League MVP, a Rookie of the Year. Four times he led the AL in wins, Five times in shutouts, twice in ERA. Got any questions about Verlander, huh? There are no questions. The only question I got, the only move that I would even be mildly critical of Theo Epstein for was not getting Verlander, you know, in that 2017 season or 18 after the Cubs won. Might have been able to go. I think it was 17. That Verlander, I know, wanted to go there. Would have been happy to go there. I'm just saying, Verlander, one of my all-time favorites. All-time favorites, Tom. By the way, happy birthday to Charles Barkley. Happy anniversary, J.D. Bickerstaff. on me, by the way, Charles. Kier Royals. What a All blues around. you are. Around the state four years ago, the Cleveland Cavaliers promoted their then 40-year-old assistant to head coach after John Beeline resigned. 
Within a month, the Cavaliers removed Bickerstaff's interim tag and gave him a multi-year deal. Bickerstaff is 158 and 142 in his four seasons there and 36 and 17 this season. His father, Bernie, still works in Cleveland's front office after his long coaching career. It's interesting that Bernie Bickerstaff began his NBA coaching career as an assistant to Casey Jones on the Capitol Bullets. Look at that. Who would then become the Washington Bullets. There, Bickerstaff would coach Wes Unsell, whose son also became an NBA coach like J.B. Bickerstaff. I love the shot of Bickerstaff or Bernie in that leisure suit. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, the backcourt in Cleveland. They are fueling that thing, but it's a balanced team. Small backcourt, but effective as all get out, Tony. Cavaliers, nobody's talking about them. Talk about flying under the radar. They are. A melancholy trails to Lefty Drizel. The larger-than-life Hall of Fame college basketball coach died over the weekend at 92. He was best known as the coach at Maryland who promised the Terps would become the UCLA of the East. But Lefty is the only college coach with at least 100 wins at four different schools, Maryland, Davidson, James Madison, and Georgia State. In 41 years as a head coach, Lefty had only three losing seasons. When he left coaching, Lefty's 786 wins were fourth all-time behind these guys, Adolph Rupp, Bobby Knight, and Lefty's nemesis, Dean Smith. Man. Lefty never won a national championship. He never reached the final four. His legacy is inventing midnight madness and being loved for his ambitions. Lefty was collateral damage at Maryland after Len Bias overdosed on cocaine in 1986, and that's probably why it took so long for him to make the Hall of Fame. Tony, I had a chance uh, to be around Coach Drizell for years, covering Maryland's teams, his Maryland teams for the Washington Post. And, you know, one of the people who would come up all the time never played at Maryland, but Lefty considered him one of his players, and that was Moses Malone, who signed in the, with the ABA Utah team, if I'm not mistaken, Utah Stars, for like $400,000 a year, which is unbelievable then. Moses, if he'd gone to Maryland and played for Lefty, would have played with a guy named John Lucas, who was only the overall number one pick and one of the great college point guards of all time. I think Lefty might have gotten his championship, even if he had to go through Dean Smith, the great Dean Smith, to get it. But he was so star-crossed, Tony. But a showman, as you know, and living here and getting to have access all the time on a daily basis to Lefty Giselle and John Thompson at the same time, how lucky were we? I just want to point out for the young people out there, you might not know what it means to become the UCLA of the East. That was an unbelievably brash and confident statement that Lefty made. And he tried his best. He tried. He, he, was he a, did. In those days, only one team from each conference went to the tournament. Didn't work for him. Let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. Patriots special team star Matthew Slater retired. How are you going to remember his career? Tony, I'm wondering whether he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. The son of a Hall of Famer, Jackie Slater, 10-time Pro Bowler. Maybe he becomes the first, the first player's father-son. Maybe. Special team, I don't know. William Byron won the Daytona 500 under caution. Is that a big deal? The production level, the cameras inside and outside, all of the cars, Mike, every wreck, you see everything. It was fabulous to watch. The Wild beat the Canucks 10 to 7. You impressed? Well, I was impressed with the stretch of 5 minutes and 45 seconds where the Wild score six goals. Highest scoring game in the NHL this season. The Washington Post reports the Lerner family is no longer exploring the sale of your team, the Nationals. Your thoughts. 
I'm thrilled. Now put some money in. I'm glad you're not going to sell it to somebody who'll move it to Virginia. Last one, number one, <laughs> UConn men at number 15, Creighton tonight. You smelling an upset, Mike? Oh, yeah. UConn has won 14 in a row. Creighton, though, Tony. I think Creighton gets the upset tonight, 10 and 5 in the conference. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. Slam Magazine, Hall of Fame shout out. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knucklehead. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcast. Charles, seriously, Kier Royale, he knows, Tony. He's not going to slam me for my favorite drink. Happy birthday. Here's sports.